Welcome to a Heritage Christian Centre podcast. For more information, visit www.heritagecc.com.au. We hope this message blesses your life. I want to come to the Word today. Ollie, do you want to bring, get the right set up for me, mate? Um, I want to share a message. And, and again, it's holiday time, so I've got a short time to finish this. And uh, the plan is to get through this in less than 20 minutes. And it's a part one. So I can do that because next week I'm going to do part two. Uh, but I, I want to share my message. And, and I, I shared a thought about it. It was the other week. It's called Don't Die With Your Quiver Full. Thanks, Ollie. Wow. I have to learn to go bow hunting with you, mate. Did archery. It's uh, archery. Target archery is very different than that, but uh, it's exciting. And when I talk about a quiver, uh, this is a sort of a contemporary type of quiver. It's not uh, those ones up there are the older style. There were a couple of different styles of quivers. One was just here, it faced forward. The other one was over the back and they'd pull it out like that. The other one, they'd pull it forward and do that. So quiver, don't die with your quiver full. See, when, when I was chasing my wife, Sue, I took up archery because she was doing it. And I would see her more. It's a funny thing we blokes do, you know. I, I, I was never as good as Sue at archery. Um, I, I could actually hit the gold centre of a target from 50 metres. So, you know, I could do that, but Sue could do it six in a row. So when the boys came chasing our girls, I said, look, if she shoots at you and misses, it's because she meant to, you know. <laughs> Uh, Sue was uh, actually represented the States. She was really good at archery. And, and um, I just think that there's something about l- so many life lessons. In target archery, you're shooting at target and the different colours come into the gold centre, nine and ten points. Uh, and and I've, I've never done six in a row in the ten-pointer, which is tragic. But you know what? Sue got perfect scores. She got little badges, little medals for perfect scores. Sort of made me a bit, felt inferior as a man, uh, that my wife would probably be a better hunter than me. But, but at the end of the day, I, I, I thought about this in the sense of, for me to get the best score I could, I had to use all my arrows. See, I would never get a perfect score unless I at least used all the arrows I had in my quiver. If I left one there, there was an opportunity I could score more than I let go. Even if I only scored one point, it was one point better than had I not shot the arrow. So, so here's my thought. You don't have to be perfect. Just keep going. Use every ability you have. Psalm 127 says this, unless the Lord builds a house, unless the Lord guards a city. So it's in the context of God. And then it says this in verse three, behold, children are a heritage from the Lord. They are like arrows in the hand of a warrior. So are the children of one's youth. Happy is the man who has his quiver full of them. So, so the picture is this, if you're going to go to fight in a battle, you, you need plenty of people. You need a good warrior team. And so the context was, you know, God's going to be with you. You're happy if you've got a good bunch of family, because in that there's security, there's strength, there's a, the strength of numbers. And so by definition, that passage is talking about, for us, generations of Christians who are the arrows of the Lord, 
And then each one of us has a responsibility to allow God to sharpen and straighten us and balance us that we might be the best as a weapon against the enemy of the souls of ours and our loved ones and the world and those we protect and lead. We are all arrows. We have special abilities. I've watched an archer and he had feather flights, not plastic ones like these, but the feathers. And, And depending on where he was, he could actually rip half a flight off and make the arrow curve around a tree. And he knew... His arrows, he knew them well enough and he knew how to get the best out of them in every circumstance. He knew the techniques, he would, he would do this. He also knew that different arrows had, with different arrowheads had different functions. Now, now, Ollie's been kind enough to bring these in. Um, th- this is similar to what I would use. I, I don't know if you can see it, but it looks a bit like a pointed bullet. Um, and we use a blunt bullet for our archery, target archery. Um, but that's a general arch, archery one. And, and so it has a different function. And then you get the broadheads. I think there's a, a, a broadhead. No, that's a stun one. That's, a, that's for shooting rabbits. That's a little broadhead. And, and that's got sharp blades along the side. And each arrow with the head on it has a different function. Now, every one of us have different gifts, talents, and abilities that God has put in us for his function and his purpose for our life. And God called us individually. And so God, I mean, I think there's eight or nine different arrowhead types. Well, God has so many different people with so many different gifts. And in fact, in Romans, it talks about, I think it's seven, get my brain in gear, I think it's seven gifts that God gives everyone in humanity. Not just Christians, seven gifts God gives everyone in different proportions. So if you have seven and you have different levels of it, you can cater for everyone with their differences. It says in Romans 12, 6, God in his kindness gave each of us different gifts. The Amplified says, having gifts, faculties, talents or qualities that differ according to the grace given to us, let us use them. New Living states are similarly, we all have different gifts that God has given us by his loving favour. You know, God's loving favour is on all humanity. I mean, regardless of where they are, whether they're right with God or not, God's loving favour is still upon us. And God gives people gifts and abilities and we are to use them. So the reality is that everyone, whether a Christian or not, has been given abilities by God's kindness. And we have choices about what we do with these abilities or talents. We can use them for God. We can use them for good, but not necessarily God. We can use them for evil or for self, or we cannot use them at all. And that's probably some of the great tragedies in life. Jesus shares a parable and he says this in Matthew 25. It's the parable of the talents. He gives people talents, five, two and one. Another passage is 10, 5 and 2. But this one, it says this in verse 24, after they had had their talent and when they have to give an account, he says this, to the one who received the one talent, he came and said, Lord, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you've not sown, gathering where you've not scattered seed. I was afraid and went and hid your talent in the ground. Look, here it is, what is yours? And his Lord answered and said to him, you wicked and lazy servant, you knew 
that I reap where I have not sown, gather where I have not scattered seed. So you ought to have deposited my money with bankers and at my coming I would have received my own back with interest. So take the talent from him and give it to the one who has 10 talents. For to everyone who has, more will be given and he will have an abundance. But from him who does not have, even that which he has will be taken away. In other words, use it or lose it. That's where that term comes from. Use it or lose it. Many of you have talents and gifts and abilities that are lying dormant. You know they're there, but you're afraid to develop them. There's a fear that what will people think? Um, I might get up and do it wrong. Let, Let me tell you, I'm not particularly musical. I don't know how to play licks and leads on a guitar. I can follow music strumming if it's in a basic tempo. So give me three or four chords, a nylon string guitar, put me on a beat somewhere and let's start three or four, as long as the tempo's not complicated. Because when they go down, down, up, down, down, up, like too much, just down, 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 maybe up, down, but that's it for me. And I've played guitar for church. I've played drums for church. Horror, all the drummers, please. I, I, I played like a jazz player. That's, that's my limit. I couldn't do any more than that. And even then, jazz players would think I couldn't play very well. I've played bass for church, which was terribly hard for me, but it was good for my fingers because those strings are fat. Um, I'm not good at any of them. So my level of guitar is, I'm going to sing songs I know when I worship God in my backyard, or maybe not out in the backyard inside the room so my neighbours don't hear it. Sadly, we have gifts that lie dormant, never developed, never given their expression that God has sown in people, not just you, sinners and saints alike. And tragically, many people use their talents wrong. Many people have grown up in the church and actually had their talent get its expression in the house of God and then their talent has been what they've followed instead of God. And they've left God behind. Elvis, church. Whitney Houston, church. Justin Timberlake, church. Aretha Franklin, church. Katy Perry, church. Asha, church. Diana Ross, church. R. Kelly, Avril Lavigne, Little Richard. Martin Scorsese nearly became a priest. Denzel Washington was the son of a minister. Jessica Simpson was the daughter of a pastor who nearly went into Christian music. I'm not saying all these people are bad, but you have to wonder, this amazing giftings that God gives people, are they used for Him and for the furtherment of the kingdom of God and his covenant being established to rescue as many people from an eternity without Jesus or a hell. I, I, I grew up with the like Beatles, Rolling Stones, Queen, that sort of stuff. And you know, Freddie Mercury uh, probably had a Zoroastrian background. His family came from Iran and and escaped away from Muslim persecution. And that that particular kind of faith actually had its beginning around the same time as Abraham. And let me just give you a couple of things that come in their belief system. They believe in one eternally existent God. They believe in a coming Messiah. They believe in free will and judgment after death of heaven, hell, angels and demons. And his people, his family were probably refugees. So maybe 
he had some kind of religious upbringing. One of his famous songs, Bohemian Rhapsody, which is, you know, I don't know if you like an opera, I'm not particularly musical, but it is an astounding array and blend of so many genres. And in many ways, I think it's an amazing song. Uh, and you've got to be careful, I'm talking about music and I'm not a musician. So if you don't agree with me, that's fine. I'm speaking in my ignorance. This is my reflection though. The song, when you look at the words, is a tragedy. It's about a life that gets so degraded to the point that he kills somebody. And then he cries out to his mama, I've done it, it's over, I've wrecked it all. There, there is, I can't escape the consequences. And he believes a lie that he can never escape the consequences. It's about demonic control. He sees himself as a clown crying out to an Islamic God as a puppet on a string and he can't escape. No matter about the mercy or grace, of the picture he thinks of God, there's no deliverance and so nothing really matters to me anymore. Like I said, I think it's brilliant musically. But its lyrics tell me there's a problem in the heart of a man who has no deliverance from the possession and the, and the trauma of his life. Just the fact that there's so many genres, the confusion. Maybe it's, maybe it's a heart cry for something more and he doesn't know what it is. Maybe if he'd called out on Jesus and not Allah, he might have found deliverance. Nicky Gumbel in the Alpha Course quotes Freddie Mercury and Freddie makes this comment that he got everything the world could offer but the thing he lacked in life was faithful, lasting, loving relationship. See, he used all his arrows to get what the world has to offer and what the world has to offer never satisfies We start believing lies instead of getting on to hear what God says. Fame and fortune, worldly acclaim, admiration, but no peace in his heart and no real love. So here's a question. Will we waste our arrows? Will we waste our talents and our gifts? Will we use them for selfish gain? Jesus in Luke 12 talks about the rich man. With pay. He's got this field and it yields plentifully. And he thought to himself in verse 16 of Luke 12, what shall I do since I have no room to store my crops? In other words, I have got so much, it's not funny. And what he said, well, I'll build bigger barns. And then I'll say to myself, soul, you have many goods laid up for many years. Take your ease, eat, drink and be merry. Now, before I go on to what God responds, can I just tell you right now, That would never happen. Because when people get more and they make room for more and they get to the limit, what do they want? More. So he would have to tear down those bigger barns and build bigger barns because his focus is him. He's using his gifts and his talents for him. And they never, ever, ever satisfy. There are moments of pleasure, but they never satisfy the depths of the heart. And God said to him, fool, This night your soul will be required. Then whose will those things be which you provided? 
How often do we see lawsuit after lawsuit where there's family infighting over inheritances? Just leave it all to the church before you, before you die and then the kids won't fight. That's, no, don't do it after you die. You've heard me before, church. Don't rob your children when you're gone. Give it when it costs you. Give your generosity then. This man had a gift. He had a talent making money through the farm. And he wasted his gift on selfish pleasures. Jesus, Matthew 6, tells us what we should do. Verse 19, don't lay up for yourselves treasure on earth where moth and rust destroy, where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourself treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys, where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. You have gifts and potential that is yet to be realised, as I do. And God has much more for us to do, church. Much more. We're in the process of, right now, I think, I think I can say it now. I think the, the approvals come through for us to look at beginning the building at Childers. That is exciting. But that's $250,000 that we don't have that we have to believe God for. And guess what? I'm believing God for it. And we're going to launch out into the deep and start walking on water. God is great like that. But, you know, Paul addresses the fact that, that we get distracted from the giftings of our life serving God, to serve God. Paul talks about the distractions of wealth, of money, of men, women, uh, world recognition, the foods we eat become a distraction where people argue over that. Even doctrinal arguments, physical exercise or lack of it becoming a distraction, pride, styles of worship, versions of the Bible. I worship this version. I think you should worship Jesus. (laughs) Okay. Uh, If God is where your heart is, it should be evident by where you place your values, not just your valuables. Listen, where you place your values, not just your valuables. If your values are in the heart of God and the kingdom of God and, and loving God and serving God, then let your gifts function. I don't know if you're musical or vocal or whether your gift is making money or whether it's serving or you make a brilliant coffee, great. Whatever your gift is, how do you serve God and develop that gifting? Am I seeking first the kingdom of God or is God just an afterthought? Do I go to church as long as there's nothing else on? What's more important, fellowship or pleasures? Now, please, I'm not against enjoying things. Please, I'm not against missing church occasionally, seeking God, but I don't like missing my wife. I'm going away for golf in a few weeks' time and I'll miss my wife. It's okay to be away, but I'm longing to get back to her. Now, that's how church ought to be in our heart. I hate missing the fellowship of the saints. There are times when it's just definitely better to be somewhere else, but it's not about that. It's about is God still first? Is my personal worship of the Lord first? Am I reading his love letters to us? Am I learning from it? Am I listening to the Spirit? Am I committed to the process of being the arrow of the Lord and allowing Him to shape my life, allowing Him to prune and at times make sacrifices to put things off and put on Christ? Am I going to use all my gifts and talents, whatever God has for me, all I am is yours, Lord. We sing songs like that. And the question is, great to sing the song, I'm all yours, Lord, all I have. Is that true? I'm a bit of a Hobbit fan, Lord of the Rings fan type thing. 
And though the movies don't always follow the book, there are many, so many God pictures because Tolkien wrote it in that mindset. One of the concerns to me in that whole thing is how Legolas, the famous archer, never runs out of arrows. He has a quiver that somehow miraculously keeps refilling. But in two episodes, two parts, he actually runs out of arrows. There's two parts where he runs out. But, you know, and I go, yes, but then he pulls out a sword and he's brilliant with that. And then when he throws the sword and kills a bad guy, then he pulls out two knives and fights another bad And he's brilliant with it. Don't you hate it when people are so gifted? When you see people who are super gifted and have developed their gifts, how does it make you feel? You're probably sitting in church going, I can sort of strum. I can't play like those guys, so I'm not going to put my talent up. Why? See, the problem with looking at the legless type of people, not the legless, the legless type of people, is that we compare ourselves and our gifting with someone else's giftings and talents. I'm okay, I'm a tech by trade. I'm okay with the hardware of computers generally, but software, nah. AutoCAD, nah. My son is brilliant at it. My daughter's good at graphics. No, they can do that. I get them. She did the graphics for me, not me. Because I can put the thing together, but I can't make it work. So I need people with other gifts around me. As we all need, you know, you only progress as you stretch. You only develop your gift and talent as you put it to use. See, when I see these people, like, like Phil Pringle is so multi-gifted, Christian, uh, CCC Church, he can preach, he can write songs, he can write poems and write books. He's a brilliant artist with, with oil paintings. He can do 20 foot by 10 foot oil paintings on stage while preaching and they're brilliant. I go, God, it's not fair that someone should have all that talent. And the answer is, well, he's going to need all that to do what I've called him to do. All I've called you to do is this and you're only going to need what I've given you. Listen, you are going to need, only need what he's already given you. I say it again. You're only going to need what he's already given you. It may just be one arrow. Don't leave it in the quiver. Get it out. Get it ready. Let it fly. See, in the parable of the talents that we looked at quickly... The servant with one talent was not judged because of how he was compared with the others, but because he did not use his talent. He did not fire his arrow. See, we're not called to run someone else's race, but only our own. It says in 2 Timothy 4 in in the New King James, this is Paul's valedictory, his final speech. I am already being poured out as a drink offering and the time of my departure is at hand. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. I hope we can say that when it comes our time. When we get to the end, I want to be able to say, I've done it. And then I'll have this confidence like Paul. Finally, there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give me on that day. And listen, and not to me only, but also to all who have loved his appearing. Don't Stop until you're finished. Like the musicians and singers to come. Um, Church, tomorrow we're having a funeral here. Margaret Graham passed away Saturday a week ago. 
a faithful member of the church when I first got here. And one thing I can say that I know about Margaret, she used her quiver, her arrows. I have a great confidence in saying goodbye to her. It's at 11 o'clock for those who knew Margaret, lovely lady, part of the family of God. That generation, you know, I think about this message in the context of I've been here 26 years and Margaret was younger than I am now when I came. Does that make me stop and think about how I'm going to live for the next 25 years? What am I going to be like? God, I want to make sure that the arrows you've given me in my quiver, the gifts, talents and abilities are used for the kingdom of God. That I live according to your heart. See, graveyards are full of people who never finished. Their dreams are unfulfilled. Their aspirations never attempted. Of potential never realised. Never even pursued. See, failing is not the problem. It's not trying. That's the problem. See, most regrets are not about the things attempted and failed, but about the things not attempted. Hebrews tells me this as we close. Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, there's a whole lot of different reasons or interpretations of that, Let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Run your own race. Look unto Jesus, the author and finisher. See, use and develop your gifts, your talents, your abilities for the glory of God. He gave them to you. Don't waste them. Don't waste them chasing the things the world offers. Sow them into the kingdom of God, into eternity. Fire every arrow. Empty your quiver before you die. And see the glory of God revealed in and upon your life. So like Paul, you can say, henceforth is laid up for me a crown of righteousness. You know, maybe there's people here who don't know Jesus. Can I tell you, my life was a mess until I met Jesus. I've wasted so many years. But God filled my quiver again and said, go fight. He refreshed the gifts and talents He put on my life. See, I failed English at school and now I'm a preacher. He put it in me, but I never realised it at school. It took the things of God to bring me to what He called me to. So if you seek first the kingdom of God, His righteousness. See, that's the challenge. The world puts the picture up, says this is the stuff worth chasing. Can I just tell you, the only one worth chasing is Jesus. The only one worth attaining is Jesus. Paul says, pressing toward the prize, the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. And Jesus died on a cross publicly. And his last prayer for humanity was this, on the cross, to those who taught you. And Father, forgive them. They don't know. If you're here today, you're hearing this message. God has given you gifts and abilities. Whether you serve Him or not, He has given them to you. But Jesus died so you could find the fullness of all He has for you. Not only in this life, but in eternity. I had to come to the place where I said, God, I'm sorry. 
Sorry I've been living for myself. Sorry I've been chasing the pleasures of this world. Sorry I've been chasing the approval of men. I surrender my life to you. I receive Jesus as my Lord and my Saviour. Can we all stand? Lord, I pray that we would seek first the kingdom of God. That we'd have Jesus on our heart. We'd have becoming more and more like Him. Speaking His name over every situation. Lord, even over our fears that would hold us back from letting our gift function, letting our talent be developed. Overcoming the fears of mankind and what people might say to see what Jesus says. And I will declare that name. And today, in this place, as we sing this song, if you want to commit your life to Jesus afresh, sing it with the heart of God. I'm committing my life to you as I speak the name of Jesus. Come on, let's sing together.